ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of On Your Mark on the Barker Media Network. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and we have another fun episode in store for you today. Today, I'm joined by one of my really good friends and first-time participant on the pod, Patrick Shane McKinney, and he is joining me today to talk about one of our favorite actors, Will Ferrell. Shane, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about a comedian that I have probably quoted more than any other uh, ever in my life. I think this character, or not just character, but just person and human being, was probably the catalyst and base to the beginning of our friendship. Because when we met each other in high school, some of Will Ferrell's biggest movies were hitting the big screen. And I think a lot of our friendship stemmed at least maybe 60% of the conversations that we had were quotes from movies from Will Ferrell. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure Anchorman and Old School came out right around that time and there was a whole slew of good content on uh, Saturday Night Live. Yep. Just watching the best of Will Ferrell was <laughs> never got tired of that. <laughs> we would just be at high school walking around in the halls or at football practice or just at each other's houses and Half half the stuff coming out of our mouths were Will Ferrell quotes, and I think both of our parents were confused at times with a lot of our conversations. They're like, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Because we'd just be <laughs> dropping, you know, Anchorman quotes or dropping SNL quotes, and uh, everyone around us knew these guys just love to talk movies all the time and quote specifically Will Ferrell. Yeah, well, this is what we did before memes and gifts and yep. group messages. We uh, stood in circles and quoted Anchorman and Old School and all his awesome characters just endlessly. And those conversations in our childhood, honestly, are some of the inspiration behind this show and a lot of some of my favorite podcasts and shows where we just love to talk about movies. We really, really love watching movies, finding things that we relate to, and more so specifically with Will, stuff that we can laugh about. Yeah, we're... We can be serious people at times, but we appreciate laughter. We appreciate enjoying life. And Will Ferrell and all his movies just make life enjoyable because there's some funny-ass way to quote him in whatever situation we're in, at work, at school, at home, wherever. Yep. So before we dive in today on Will Ferrell, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on him. Uh, Will Ferrell, 52 years old, born in Irvine, California, representing Southern California. He uh, graduated famously from USC. University of Southern California, where he actually got a degree in sports information, which actually kind of explains a lot about him that he has and his love for sports because he got a degree in sports. I didn't know that. But decided that he didn't really want to go into radio and stuff. And that's when he started venturing into, you know, performance and everything like that. He got involved in famous sketch groups out here in Los Angeles, the Groundlings, doing lots of shows out here where he was spotted by a talent scout from SNL. And that's when kind of his stardom exploded. We all know his many iconic roles in SNL from Alex Trebek, Robert Goulet, and many, many other ones. Ultimately, he was voted in 2014 as the best SNL cast member of all time, which is crazy because that is a loaded, loaded cast. Yeah, and I mean, how many episodes do they have now? Oh, it's it's on it's been going on since the 70s like 60s and 70s so over so. a thousand easily yeah so i mean that is a i mean obviously that's probably an opinion 
uh, vote, but still to be just up there with some of the legends that have been in there. And he is uh, at one point he was the highest grossing SNL actor. He was making over three hundred fifty thousand. Gosh, um, over like John Candy and Chevy Chase, yeah. and Steve Martin, and Chris and... Farley, Adam Sandler. Oh my gosh! Well, when you watch his best of, it's like literally every scene, and, and that's why we're we're going to talk about some of his famous sketch characters. There's so many of them, and so you know he famously makes his roots in um, improv and SNL. Then he makes his way into film. He has over 127 film credits, or 127 credits, including f- over 30 films, many, many TV shows, um, improv, different stand-up specials. He's been nominated for 12 Emmy Awards, nominated for three Golden Globe nominations uh, for films like The Producers, Stranger Than Fiction. He even has was nominated for a movie called Vice, where he was a producer for he has a lot of actually legendary uh, producing credits. He produced the movie Vice by Adam McKay that was nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And a couple films this year, he produced Hustlers and Booksmart, a couple comedies that did really well in award shows. And he obviously famously produces a lot of his own stuff. So not only is he a very funny actor, he's a really smart businessman when it comes to his film projects that he decides to produce. He was nominated for a Tony Award in 2009 for a special where he depicted George W. Bush. <laughs> So famously, and in 2015, he received his uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, and he also has an incredibly popular website. Very popular website, Funny or Die, which is a spoof sketch website that he co-created with his longtime writing partner, Adam McKay, who is a very well-established and renowned director in Hollywood and has done a lot of his projects with Will. And uh, he famously has another... uh, documentary sports documentary that we just recently watched where he uh, does a lot of charity work and specifically with this one does um, work with uh, cancer research where he famously went over one day in spring training and played 10 different positions in five different games which was a really funny and awesome awesome thing that he did for you know that charity and for the people there having some sports background on his part and and playing in those games it may have been for fundraising purposes but and i'm sure he's not shy of big crowds but playing at the hot corner mm-hmm. or pitching knowing a guy could hit a ball over 100 miles an hour back at you and you have probably zero practice in the last year yeah you know his adrenaline was pumping oh yeah as he, the athlete uh, in him and the information director like behind him knowing that he loves sports it probably wasn't the, oh, I might look stupid and miss a ball. It was, oh, I hope I don't take one in the face. Mm-hmm. And famously, another fun fact I have of him, he is a part owner of the LAFC soccer franchise here in Los Angeles. He's a part owner with Magic That's Johnson right, yeah. and Mia Hamm. And you can tell sports is a really important part of his life because so many of his movies are related in sports. I mean, I don't know how many different sport that he tackles he tackles at least like five to six different sports related films yeah it's definitely a recurring theme across all of them just being good at sports being bad at sports just the competitive nature of it and how funny it can be yep and uh he's just obviously like we said one of the most iconic funny men in the world and still to this day is pumping out stuff has been doing stuff for over 20 plus years making people laugh and that's why we love him and we wanted to dedicate a show to him did you have any other uh interesting maybe fun little facts or stuff you wanted to shout out to him before we dive into his categories so being a will ferrell fan forever i remember watching saturday night live trying to stay up late as a kid and and seeing some of his sketches from the 90s 
And uh, when Anchorman came out, I fell in love with that movie, and we quote that all the time. Uh, <laughs> the church camp I went to when I was a senior in high school, uh, I actually uh, performed Afternoon Delight. Oh, nice! With a few of my friends up there, and we kind of just told them we're we're gonna sing a classic song in the in the talent show. You know, it'll it'll be great. We're graduating seniors. You know, you can, maybe you could finish off with us. It'll be a cool ending. They're like, okay. Uh, so they didn't really make us try it out in front of them, and they didn't realize what we were going to sing. Uh, so <laughs> that was a glorious moment for me as a Will Ferrell fan to to stand up in the audience as part of the performance and, and sing up there as watching our church camp director's horrified face, realizing what lyrics were coming out of our mouth. Yeah, because Afternoon Delight, if you don't know what that song is about, <laughs> it is about post-coital <laughs> yes <laughs> and you're singing it in front of children at church camp and also one of my uh one of my original gamer tags being a video game player uh, was vanilla mostly mm. uh, which is a quote from night of the roxbury yep or if you haven't seen it him and chris Catan are in this exclusive club and they walk up on this this girl who's getting out of a hot tub completely naked and she just asks them for a towel and they just can't even speak they can't mentally function in that moment. They come up with the most ridiculous answers. And that's one of them. I believe she asks what the time was. And that's how he responds. <laughs> uh, uh, vanilla, mostly. And she just stares at him dumbfounded. Like, what are you talking about? The only way they know how to associate and, and react and act with people is by hitting on people. And, if, and they're used to just being shot down. Um, so, yeah, so many awesome, hilarious movies that we're going to dive into about this great, legendary career of Will Ferrell. We both created a top 10 list on his favorite films. We're going to talk about some of his favorite supporting characters that he's played in films because there are so many movies where he is not the lead of the movie. But when we go back and watch those movies, he might be still the most memorable part of those movies. We're then going to talk about some of his favorite quotes. I feel feel like you could write five different scripts just with his quotes from movies because he has so many of them. And then we're going to talk about our favorite characters in his films that he has played his lead characters, some of his favorite sketch characters. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Shall we dive in, Shane? Let's do this. Let's do it to it. All right, we're going to start with our top 10. We're going to go down from 10. Uh, would you like to start or would you like me to start? I'll start. Go for it. Number 10. A movie that I actually recently watched for the first time, uh, that I think it came out just a year ago, maybe or maybe less, uh, is The House. Ooh, The House. Yeah, him and uh, his wife... Uh, Amy Poehler, uh, they need to come up with a way to fundraise money for their daughter's college fund, and uh, this the city like lost the scholarship money or, or something like that, and they end up running an underground illegal gambling organization, mm -hmm. and he turns into uh, to just this mob boss type character who's ready to break legs and cut thumbs off after he was a mild mannered suburban uh, <laughs> dad. <laughs> And that, that movie uh, recently came out with Amy Poehler, 2017. Not famously renowned by critics at 20% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's still one of those Will Ferrell movies that you know is like a bad, good movie. Oh, it's classic Ferrell. Mm -hmm. Classic Ferrell. And plus, they have such good chemistry between him and Amy Poehler. They worked together for so long. It was probably so easy to put that movie together for them. Oh, yeah. There was no... I mean, they were probably having so much fun on set just pretending because they're both... Uh, parents so the fact that it's like let's imagine a situation where yeah. we have to like illegally get our kids in a better situation mm -hmm. um, cool number 10 okay uh, number nine for me is the campaign Ooh, the campaign he runs he runs his cam brady 
uh, a residing elected official in this town and um what's the guy who opposes him what's his name it's uh, galifianakis um, zach galifianakis yeah he plays this just this really awkward uh just normal citizen and he opposes him for the first time after no one's opposed him in i don't know 10 or so elections mm-hmm. and it's just his journey to learning the political system and cam trying to exploit the political system to screw him over uh to the point where <laughs> oh, one of my favorite scenes in that movie is um he goes he sneaks over to his house and convinces his wife to have an affair and films it and then runs it as a political ad (laughs) to the entire country (laughs) it's crazy when you watch that movie too because he plays like this you know he's like a villain almost in the movie even though he's the lead character in it but it's crazy with the political climate that we live in today and and how that movie which was made in 2012 you wouldn't like think like somebody who is as crazy as cam brady could be in office and then we live in a world where oh yeah anyone can be president yeah, where some of those characteristics that he may have displayed in that movie are things that we see yeah, from we time see. to time now. Mm-hmm. So that's a really funny one, uh, number nine. And what about number eight for you? Number eight? Oh, by I... the way, by the way, uh, the campaign is actually pretty well uh, renowned. Sixty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So lots of people like that movie. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me is Semi Pro. Ooh. Just being a sports fan myself, and this is what we spoke about, Will Ferrell. Uh, referencing different sports elements in some of his movies um he's a uh, owner coach and star of the flint michigan tropics while they are in a battle to save a, at least a couple teams from what is it the aba the aba uh, during the aba nba merger yep and he has to uh, lead his team in every single aspect uh to uh to a playoff run famous jackie moon with his afro and those amazing the thing when i think of semi-pro are those those ugly yet awesome Flint Tropic jerseys that like teal colored and everything. <laughs> and then just the fact that, like you said, like he's not only just a basketball player in the movie, he's like a straight up showman. He's running the halftime shows. Uh, what is it? The, the scene where he's famously, uh, they put on a promotion to get people in the uh, stands, but they don't have whatever it is. Oh, for the promotion. it's if they score a hundred points, like everyone gets like food at a local fast food joint mm-hmm. and their foreign big man is about to get a tip back in the last moments to put him over a hundred. And he just straight tackles him in the paint <laughs> just to make sure. Cause he knows he doesn't have the money to, to back that up at all. You know, it's just so funny. And you have other like big time people like Woody Harrelson in that movie. Mm-hmm. And Outcast plays the shooting guard. Yep. Andre I think Coffee Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Really funny movie. Uh, again, a lot of Will Ferrell's movies don't do well critically. That one, 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, again, critics don't seem to appreciate some of his other comedies. There are certain ones that they do, but that one, again, not so much. But again, if you love basketball, the the spectacle and ridiculousness of how they play the sport and everything and just all the behind the scenes stuff with running a team i mean you're not going to see a movie with a high rotten tomato score when someone in this comedy is traded to the team for a washing machine <laughs> i mean oh my god yeah, that's, that's not right. exactly masterful writing it's just hilariously ridiculous <laughs> semi pro <laughs> so uh, perfect so those are your 10 9 and 8 yeah um my 10, 9, and 8. Uh, number 10 for me was one of my first. And again, I had to include this one. It's obviously, again, not a good film. But I had to include it because it was one of the first times I was introduced to him. And one of his more iconic kind of characters. I put A Night at the Roxbury. Again, I just watched it again this week. 
it is not a good movie um but it is hilarious and ridiculous the characters crafted by chris Catan and him again they, they created these as snl characters and they did a sketch with jim carrey on snl and then they ended up writing it as a joke and honestly it's his first screenwriting uh credit too he wrote the movie with Catan. did he really yeah he wrote the movie 1998 and uh Again, that movie to me is just so iconic. The famous, you know, headbanging to what is love. That, oh, I that. feel like we've all done that with a friend of ours in the car or mm-hmm. at a bar or something and a song you both like is on. You broke the window again. <laughs> oh, my God. How is he not concussed in that scene? <laughs> and they're just these two dumb brothers that are so bound to try to get into a club. Um, and they're just spoiled rich kids. But just the movie, again, is not very good, but it's just iconic because of that song the the head banging my favorite character on it is honestly the club owner mr zadir he's so funny in it he's always saying did you grab my ass <laughs> to like everybody that does it he's so funny in that movie um so yeah i have that at 10 um number nine for me a little different uh but one of my but my favorite his his uh my favorite dive into the animation world that will does megamind i include megamind on my 10 list because I really liked the spin of a supervillain that was with that movie. How most movies, obviously, in the animation world and in other movies, we just see, you know, the villain is the bad guy. And I really liked that Will Ferrell played this super genius that ultimately has the twist where he is kind of the good guy at the end of Megavine. And Brad Pitt famously plays, you know, kind of like the Superman type character, Metro Man. Right, yeah. And ultimately, he becomes like the wimp villain and Mm -hmm. stuff and we start rooting for will ferrell and i it was a funny movie i think it i think it doesn't get enough credit for how good of an animated movie it was i'll I'll admit i've only seen it the once in the theaters and Mm -hmm. i just remember thinking the first half of the movie like he's supposed to be the villain but he sounds like someone i know and i can't take it seriously and i don't know why Mm -hmm. and you finally seen the credits and you're like there it is yep yeah oh it's will ferrell that's why yeah that's why he was like trying to be evil but he was sort of a joke at the same time i know it's animated so you can't get too evil but yeah. oh man he did he, he did play a great voice acting role in that i think though too it kind of fits him as a character because even in a lot of the performances and movies that we see where he is playing you know like a villain or a bad guy in a movie we still like his character because of who will ferrell is i think it was like fitting that he played that type of character in megamind so i have megamind on my list number eight Again, this one might be a little too low, but number eight for me, Old School. Old School, I think, was the movie that kind of put him on the map. That iconic party movie with that whole like frat pack crew of friends that is in that movie. Um, it was his biggest early get in his career. It made $74 million at the box office uh, in 2003. And I think kicked off what was about to be just, you know, his domination in comedy. And... Uh, I just the dart scene where he shoots himself in the neck with the dart with uh, Adam Scott and everything. With Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. And right, and he like the guy. That's awesome, man. And he's like blacks <laughs> out in the children's party. And then the uh, the famous, you know, we're going streaking, and he's running because he in the movie he plays like you know this just you know the simple husband, yeah, mild mannered Frank Ricard. <laughs> yes, he doesn't really get in trouble, but they always talked about you know Frank used to be able to drink and he was the party animal, and so they didn't want to give him alcohol. And, Obviously, you give him alcohol, and he becomes Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. And he's running naked down the street and everything. That was, I think, one of his early iconic roles. So I wanted to include old school. Awesome. 
So that was my 10, 9, and 8. Before we dive farther into our list, we're going to now talk about some of our favorite supporting characters. Uh, this is a, a hard category because, like we said in the beginning, there are so many movies that Will Ferrell has a small part in, yet he owns or dominates the movie. Uh, characters like Mustafa in Austin Powers, Mugatu in Zoolander, Chaz Reinhold in Wedding Crashers, um, McDermott in a movie called The Goods, uh, Sky Corrigan in Superstar, uh, some TV appearances where he plays D'Angelo Vickers on The Office or Ashley Schaefer in Eastbound and Down. I mean, he has so many of these small little roles and he owns the screen when he is it. Who is your favorite, uh, or a couple of your favorite, maybe, supporting characters? Uh, well, like you were saying earlier, even though Will sometimes plays such just a small fraction of a movie, his character is so memorable. And out of all those supporting roles, I mean, some of them that stick out to me, uh, definitely, you know, Chaz Reinhold, the, the senior wedding crasher, the, yep. the legendary, you know, <laughs> origin the, the of The funeral crasher. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, D'Angelo Vickers is one of my favorite. I'm a huge fan of The Office, as many of my friends know, and mm -hmm. now all of you know. Um, one of those series that I could watch over and over again until the end of time. And I know when when Michael Gary Scott leaves and they have to fill his shoes, they're big shoes to fill, but at least as a temporary uh, solution, having such a big name like Will step in when they've worked together so often, I thought was a cool supplement right there. And, yeah. And just the, just the scene of, of him hating on Pam and... Uh, Jim's baby so often or him dunking in the warehouse how mm -hmm. horrible that ended up I just thought, <laughs> I just thought he was a great great villain there uh, but I have to say my favorite supporting uh, role where he just he owns it so hard and he's so so ridiculous in it is Jacobi Mugatu yeah it's from Zoolander the inventor of the piano necktie <laughs> <laughs> and with the proud ability to be an ambi turner he like <laughs> he's in control of the derelict collection mm -hmm. where he scouts and and recruits uh, Ben Stiller as Zoolander and just he is he's amazing in that role and just all of like the makeup and his hair the costume his little dog that he, has he has the yeah, he has the white parted wig <laughs> and then he has like that strange sexual tension with Todd his assistant <laughs> he yep. spills the coffee on him and then they give each other the quiver and lip and he just kind of shoos him away mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that dude is just so comedy it's so funny or when he when he's uh trying to brainwash him he has him strapped to the chair uh, Owen Wilson that mm -hmm. is yep oh no no um uh, ben Stiller, yeah, strapped to the chair, and he's showing him uh, propaganda about how evil the prime minister of Malaysia is. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And then they made a sequel to it too. He has he's in, basically probably you know I mean that movie is iconic obviously because of what Ben and uh, Owen do with their characters. Yeah, but he is almost just as important to that movie, playing the kind of like villainous role of the of it, and and so much so they got a sequel to that movie. Yeah, way later, but still. <laughs> yeah. My probably, oh, it's tough. I probably would have to go, oh, man. I didn't even I didn't even include Franz Liebkin on here where he got nominated for a Golden Globe in The Producers. Um, that's another one where he plays uh, a uh, Nazi sympathizer who is a, a actor in a musical, and he's hilarious in that. But I probably would also... Uh, it's between Mugatu and Chaz Reinhold. I feel like Chaz Reinhold, Mugatu is so good. Since you want Mugatu, I'm going to go Chaz Reinhold. Because Chaz Reinhold just is, 
mythically known in that movie Wedding Crashers. He's referenced in the first like half of it before mm-hmm. you ever meet him. And you never meet him and you're probably expecting to see just this suave, you know, good-looking dude that goes to weddings and just crushes it and kills and then who do we meet? We meet a guy living with his mother and it's Will Ferrell. And he's screaming at his mother for meatloaf and then he <laughs> takes Owen Wilson to a funeral and he's just so ridiculous and everything. Um, I think that might be one of his m- most memorable and probably one of my favorites. But I also love Mugatu. I also love Mustafa in Austin Powers. That was one of his very first ones where he like breaks his leg and he keeps screaming about breaking his leg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he also the guy who gets steamrolled? Or was that just one of That's the factory a, that workers? That was a different one. That's a factory oh, okay. worker in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Also a great movie. Also Austin great Powers, movie. the first one. Those are some of his iconic supporting characters, not including his SNL stuff. We'll talk about those later. Um, let's go back into our list. We're going to talk about now films seven, six, and five. What is uh, number seven for you? Seven for me, I, I followed just after you, was old school. Nice. Yeah, I mean, we, we're almost sort of in that range. We're mm-hmm. like kind of like those guys right now. You mm-hmm. know, we're 30-ish, our friend group, and, you know, uh, everyone who went to college is now pretty much done with that, and... Um, some people, some of our friends, even some of us at times want to cling on to that, that party with our friends atmosphere and to have a good time that we know we have real shit to attend to in our lives. Yep. So we're trying to find the balance there. Cause um, we know like if we do what we did 10 years ago, it's going to take us three to four days to recover from it. Oh, now. it's awful. <laughs> oh, Age is a curse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just seeing the, the evolution from from the calm, mild Frank Ricard, who's whipped in every way, to to as soon as he takes that first drink at their first house party, it just mm-hmm. flips the switch. Yep. And he becomes just crazy Will Ferrell. He unleashes it, which, as you said, I think is a table setter for his career right after Anchorman and then Old School. Uh, it was just, oh, man, he's hilarious in that movie. Such a good movie. Uh, after that, at 6... Uh, I'm a big fan of the holidays, so I went with Elf. Nice. Not one of his more crass movies uh, by any means, not profane at all. Um, Somewhat ridiculous, but it's more just if you're a fan of holiday movies and you need a good comedian um, to kind of set the table for you with an awesome co-star in, uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, She did so great with him. She's a great comedic actress as well. I just I love that movie, especially every year. It's it's tradition. You have to watch Elf at Christmas. It's one of his most successful films. It made over 173 million dollars at the box office, 84 percent rating. Uh, I don't think you're gonna find a person that doesn't like the movie Elf. And it makes you want to answer the phone. Hi, this is Chris Ferrero. What's your favorite color? Color, exactly. <laughs> Always a great response. That year we were talking about like I think it might be Will Ferrell's best most iconic year because he did in from 03 to 04 he did old school elf and anchorman bang 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 in the same two years yeah those were his those three films bang 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 right there wow so we were freshmen and sophomore in high school i was right going into our my your freshman year i was like eighth grade into my freshman year your sophomore year which happens to be the years we met each other it's all starting to make sense yep (laughs) (laughs) nice and so number five for you uh, number five for me is Zoolander. Ooh, nice. I know that he's not the lead actor in it, but you can't have the brainwashing uh, model business owning mogul without Jacobin Mugatu, who do- who started his company and created this brand new line, and he's just this ridiculous 
supposedly magnified version of what a model agency like representative is supposed to be, even though they're not like that ridiculous at all. Yeah. Um, but he just made that movie iconic, no matter how good Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson were. I would argue that, you know, he's probably the third most iconic or important character in that movie. So he's, even though he's not the lead, he's one of the most important characters to that movie. Because without him, it's just, you know, models squaring off in their rivalry. He adds the element of the, what is the plot of the movie? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Awesome. Zoolander. Blue Steel. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Okay, yeah. wrong guy to quote, but <laughs> yeah, still. <laughs> They're in the building. What is this? A, a, a place for ants? <laughs> Again, that's not Will Ferrell, but still such a funny movie. All right, so mine now. Uh, my number seven. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it was a big impressionable movie for me when I was in college, especially when I was uh, doing a lot of theater. Number seven for me, The Producers. Again, just kind of like with what you said with Zoolander, not he's not the main part of the movie the main part of the movie is nathan lane and matthew broderick as producers trying to create a horrible broadway musical that will fail so they can you know make a bunch of money and ultimately backfires on them but will ferrell plays the key element of what is going to make their play horrible famously the play is called springtime for hitler right a basically glorification of hitler and nazi germany and so they want this uh this play to crash and burn at the at uh, in Broadway, so that way they can reap all the money from it that they invested in it, and they cast Will Ferrell as Franz or his character's name is Franz Liebkin, but he is supposed to play Adolf Hitler in the play, and he and Will Ferrell plays this insane, crazy Nazi enthusiast, and he's so ridiculous. And if he and ultimately what happens again, if you haven't seen it, ultimately what happens is Will Ferrell ends up getting hurt and the on opening night and can't play the role and because he can't play the role because he was going to be you know so like he was going to play hitler like hitler and it would have scared everybody out of the theater yeah. what happens is he ends up breaking his leg and the director of the film ends up having to play hitler and he plays hitler very effeminate and the audience love it because they take it as a spoof versus what it was supposed uh, to be and the show becomes a success i have heard a lot of good things about this one mm-hmm. but it is one of his movies i haven't seen i haven't seen a ton of his serious work uh, yeah and so he's he's ridiculous in it and uh the movie i think is just one of my favorite musicals and it it received his uh it was his first like really big critically acclaimed uh award buzz he was nominated for a golden globe for best comedy acting. oh wow yeah and that would definitely came have to out. check it out yeah it's really i recommend watching i think it came out in 2005 yeah uh off the success of because it's a remake of a 1970s movie with gene wilder and then it was so successful that they made it into an actual broadway musical that ran on broadway for years and then they rebooted the movie and then it inspired a movie, movie again again yep so three basically productions of this movie Damn. it's probably the worst of those three and everything because obviously the Broadway musical is way better and then the original movie is way better but Will Ferrell is so funny in this I movie. need to watch it right now it's so good you want to just hold sit tight for like two hours yeah. I'll be right back we're going to watch the producers after this movie after recording this <laughs> um, okay so that's number seven number six for me this was tough I included one of his sports movies probably one of my fa- one of my more favorite ones and probably more one of his low key ones Kicking and Screaming Kicking and Screaming where uh, Will Ferrell plays a crazy, insane sports parent, uh, 
well, I wouldn't say he plays it. He becomes. He becomes it. He becomes it. Because he's just this, you know, very simple, stay-at-home kind of dad. And he has a rivalry kind of with his father. With his father, right. With his father played by Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then he has a younger brother who is way younger than him. Who's the same age as his son. As his son. And they famously become on separate or the story is basically that will ferrell's son isn't good enough to be on robert duvall's son's team right and so will ferrell upset about it decides i'm gonna create my own soccer team to play against you guys yeah they needed someone to take over as manager and so he just says it can't be that hard right i'll just mm-hmm. i'll take over no big deal i'll, I'll take over. and then he famously recruits who works uh who works like down the street and he's like friends with no no it's his neighbor or it's his neighbor that's right recruits yeah. Iron Mike Ditka, yes, <laughs> to come and help him coach this this soccer team and this kind of you know bad news bears misfit team, uh, and and he then becomes the the from the you know very quiet simple stay at home dad to the insane soccer coach. Oh yeah, well since uh, I believe in that movie, uh, Ditka is actually Duvall's neighbor. Mm. That's right. He's and Duvall's so you go neighbor. through you go through multiple scenes where they're like throwing leaves over each other's fence or. Um, <laughs> just screaming at each other from each other's yards. And isn't that why Dicka decides to help yes. help him out? Because he hates his father. Because he hates his father. <laughs> That's right. So he shows up in the classic, stereotypical uh, Ditka, like Chicago Bears sweater and with the stash and his big sunglasses. And eventually, after a couple practices, Will Ferrell embodies Ditka. Oh, yeah. He starts to drink nothing but black coffee after having like a <laughs> caffeine sensitivity He's, he's like he's smoking cigars. He's dressing exactly like him. He's screaming at the children and the mm-hmm. parents. Oh, it's Pass awesome. to the Italians. Pass to the Italians. <laughs> yeah, he's insane. And he just becomes kind of the Will Ferrell that we know, the over-the-top one by the end of the movie. So I really enjoy that movie when I watch it. And I think it's a fun movie for if you're parents and have kids. Uh, it's fun to, re- to re-watch. Number five for me. Again, this one probably is number one for a lot of people. But... It was hard to put it where it is. Elf also is uh, in this section for me. Elf, number five. Again, we had talked about it. Arguably one of the most iconic Christmas movies for people uh, in the 21st century. Uh, His iconic role of Buddy the Elf, right? And the relationship between him and James Caan and his dad. Mm -hmm. uh, Smashing success. One of his biggest box office successes. And probably one of the most rewatched movies during the holidays. Yeah, he sort of cemented his time slot every December until the end of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's going to forever now be in the conscious of it. Because Elvis probably, I mean, I would say, and we'll probably end up doing a Christmas episode but uh, of this and ranking Christmas movies, but Elf is probably one of those top ten Christmas movies oh, of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that is my uh, seven, six, five producers, Kicking and Screaming, and Elf. Nice. We are now getting into the top four films on our list. But before we go into the top four, we're going to talk about some of our favorite Will Ferrell quotes. Some favorite quotes. We're going to need a whole other episode for this, I we, feel like. <laughs> we literally, you know, could spend the next hour quoting Will Ferrell because I think me and Shane and a lot of our other friends spent a majority of our high school career and early adulthood just saying Will Ferrell quotes. So this is going to be an impossible, impossible section to include them all. I listed maybe about 10, and I know I'm leaving off maybe about 100? 50 to 100 <laughs> other ones. So uh, this one's going to be tough. Uh, you want me to just list some? Or you list, list me some of yours, and then I'll list some too. I have more than 10. 
<laughs> See, I knew where this one was going to be the one of the hardest sections. And that was here. before even looking up, oh, best quotes from different movies. I'm like, let's just reel off the ones I know I've said a lot. How about this? Let's just go rapid fire, read a quote, I'll read a quote, and we'll just go back and forth. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, here's a good one. Someone who's, since I've been playing sports my whole life, I've often gone to the gym or whatever, and your spotter leaves and he comes back, and all they hear you saying is, oh, I don't know if you heard me counting, but I did over a thousand. <laughs> The when he's doing curls in his office after he calls Veronica. Yep. We've, I'm sure we've all said that when we were working out and whatnot. Uh, speaking of one that we always say, I'll say this one. If you ain't first, you're last. Ricky Bobby. Ooh, that's a good one. I didn't put that on my list, but that's mm-hmm. an awesome quote. That is awesome. It embodies kind of the character of Ricky Bobby. And for anyone that is into sports, it's just like, you know, if I don't win, I'm, I might as well be the if second place. I'm the first loser. So that's one. Okay. Uh, anytime a friend of yours or anyone does anything good, you're my boy, Blue. Yep. You're Literally my... anything that, that that's appropriate. From old school. You're my boy, Blue. And poor Blue dies. Blue Pulaski. <laughs> rip. Uh, rip. Okay, I got another one. Uh, same movie. We already said it. We're going streaking. Right through the quad, <laughs> into the gymnasium. Everyone's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone... And anyone that went to college probably screamed that line at times when they were going through it. And anyone at any party or anything yelled that line. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is uh, from old school. He's uh, it's Before he becomes too ridiculous, as Frank Ricard, he's talking about the trust tree in the therapy session. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's explaining about how he's just imagining his waitress's like, underwear and his wife just sitting there in disgust. Horrified. <laughs> and he's like, we're in the... In the nest of the trust tree, are are we not? Are we not? Like <laughs> even the, even the therapist is looking at him like, what, what are you? Talking? This wasn't what I meant when you said share this line. So good. Um, here's the one we just said it though. Buddy, uh, buddy the elf. What's your favorite color? Oh buddy, yeah. I'm sure anybody that's answered a phone or or had somebody else's friend's phone go off and you could answer it and prank call and just say that. To oh, them. that's perfect. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my favorite quotes is it's actually a really long quote, so I'm going to the whole the whole gambit. But uh, when uh, uh, Terry Holt is just just ostracizing and gem- demeaning Alan Gamble in um, the yep. other guys. Yep. And he said, if I was a lion and you were a tuna, I'd swim out to the ocean and I'd eat you. I'd bite you out there. And and he gives he gives this whole thought out response yeah, about I'd how bang your tuna girlfriend. <laughs> he's like full grown tuna, eight hundred pounds, twenty or thirty of my friends. I don't think so, pal. Like he gives this whole scientific explanation about how it's ridiculous and how they'll learn how to use kelp to make to build breathing apparatuses to hunt his family. (laughs) He's like, you just got outmanned and outplayed, like right at the end. And then he goes back to typing his keyboard. He's like, that didn't play out the way you thought it would, did it? And then (laughs) Mark Wahlberg just throws coffee on him. (laughs) That's a great one. Uh, Here's uh, one of my favorites, Anchorman. A random quote, but it's so good, and I've said it so many times in conversations. Um, I believe diversity is an old, old wooden <laughs> ship used in the Civil War era. And he's like, Ron, I don't think the network is worried about an old wooden ship. And he just shrugs it off because he's not really paying attention. Yeah, I don't know then. <laughs> yeah. Um, an- another one from Anchorman that I've said anytime my friends say something smart, you're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. Oh, <laughs> when he's so talking good. to Baxter, Baxter, his dog. I say that all the time to my dog. Uh, another one then from, uh, no, I'll save that one, but here's another really good one. Oh no, I'll save this one from Anchorman. 
uh, when again we just said a Baxter quote when he's talking to Baxter when he gets home he's like what you pooped in the refrigerator and you <laughs> ate the whole wheel of cheese how'd you do that Heck, I'm not even mad that's amazing <laughs> his that. relationship with his dog in that movie is incredible yeah and they have the same pajamas. Oh, yeah. They both wear the mouth And who guards. puts his retainer on when Veronica comes over? <laughs> yeah, she just has, he has it on. Love Baxter. Uh, oh, uh, as, Ch- as Chaz Reinhold. Mom, the meatloaf. Fuck! Oh. <laughs> just screaming at her. You I, never see her, but she's just in the background. What is she doing? I never know what she's yeah, doing Yeah, I never know then. what she's doing back there. <laughs> I feel like everyone has yelled for meatloaf because of that line. Oh, yeah. Um, I also have, uh, you were, you've talked a lot about Mugatu. That Hansel is so hot right now. That Hansel is so hot. Hansel. <laughs> Hansel, ooh. Um, anytime that I, I've, I've either counseled up at church camp or messed with some of the kids in my old church, uh, dear eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus, learning about your colors and your numbers and your mm-hmm. baby Einstein videos. <laughs> Don't even know a word yet. Just lay in there. And then later when, when they argue with, uh, what is it, like Uncle Chip? Yeah. Jesus was a man. He had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not Will, but it just just the play on that is yeah, so yeah. hilarious. That whole Jesus sequence, even John C. Riley. I like to imagine my Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt. And he, I'm in the front row, hammered. hammered. <laughs> um, another one that I really love uh, from uh, Ricky Bobby. Listen, I just I just wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. All right, I'm just a big hairy American winning machine. Oh right? yes, I kind of everyone I feel like has said I you know I piss excellence. I piss excellence. Quoting Ricky Bobby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially if you want to be that guy who's exuding confidence, like mm-hmm. just overflowing with it. Uh, let's see uh, a really good one. Anytime you smell something that is just awful. Ooh, that stings the nostrils. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Brian. That smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> He smells the sex panther. Yes. And then they got him outside. They're, they're washing him down with a hose and like these giant brooms saying, this is worse than the time the raccoon got caught in the copier. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. You, list off any more that you have. The next one I have is my favorite. I'll save it. List me some more of yours. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll finish just with this one uh, in Ricky, uh, in Talladega Nights, when uh, he has to bail from his car and he thinks he's on fire. And he's just like, save me, Oprah Winifrey. Save me, Buddha. Allah. And he just, yep. He's doing the windmills with his arms mm-hmm. and just stripped down butt naked like in no time. Help me, Tom Cruise. Help me, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I forgot about that. One. And all of a sudden, they get him like back in the car. And then he's again, like five, like five seconds later, naked running around screaming. <laughs> like, that was fast. He's yeah. naked already. <laughs> um, I think, though, my favorite and probably the one I've said the most uh, in my life, again, all those ones, I really love the diversity and the old old wooden ship one that might be like the second one on my list but number one probably the one i've said the most is probably i'm in a glass case of emotion when he's in the like (laughs) box and he's screaming and yelling and everything after he's found out uh, like that his world is falling apart and everything i've probably said i'm in a glass case of emotion a million times in my life i probably the quote that i've i've repeated the most is i'm not even mad that's amazing. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier, but it just works all the time, every day. Every day. Um, you... Oh, wait. I forgot one. Okay, give it to me. Uh, this one, actually, I had to use this at work the other day. Uh, a couple of my guys were arguing about something, and I walk outside the office, and I yell at them, Hey, E-L-E, everybody love everybody. 
Really? It, what movie is that one from, too? It's from Semi Pro. That's right, Semi Pro. Everybody love everybody. And he's in the car, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, uh, is that one probably your favorite, or which one do you think is your no, favorite? No, my favorite one is I'm Not Even Mad. That's amazing. Because I say that the most. Perfect. Those are some of his iconic quotes. Again, there's probably so many we left off, but uh, he has so many great quotes. So we can literally probably write a book about his quotes. Oh, yeah. We, we hit like 2% of them. Yeah. All right. Back to the list. The top four. We're going to hit numbers four and number three on this list. Uh, All right. We're going to get to the top. Give me your number four. My number four is The Other Guys. Ooh, I love The Other Guys. He plays Alan Gamble, an accountant for a law and order firm. After his uh, treacherous past, after he accidentally became a pimp in college yep. named Gator. Gator. He goes from this badass, just hard-ass pimp. And he has to put it all behind him, becomes mild-mannered until he partners up with Terry Holt, and it, he brings it out in him again. And just having the, the duality of his character, he's literally on opposite ends of the scale. And how he is with his wife, Eva Mendes, in that movie, when he starts to let it slip out, oh my god, he's just so comedy. It's just so funny because he's so, like, so simple in that movie because he's just, you know, the mild-mannered accountant at the police office. And it's not like his over-the-top self until by the end when he's just been through the ringer in the movie and then you see like what happens to him mm -hmm. and his other personality comes out him i'll talk about that movie right now because it's going to be on mine coming up but Wahlberg and farrell to me their relation they made in the other movie daddy's home in uh which was their second combo to me again oh, okay. it's a good movie but not as iconic as their relationship in this movie probably one of his best uh buddy cop movies it's literally a buddy cop movie because they're cops but just the the relationship that him and Wahlberg have together um and i i uh, love all the supporting characters in that movie again all those other actors specifically michael keaton i think as their police chief he's constantly so constantly quoting tlc in that movie constantly all the different <laughs> tlc quotes the tuna in the lion store like you said and his alter ego of gata um that's a great one the other guys uh number three for me uh, you just mentioned it a moment ago, is kicking and screaming. Nice. I mean, I've coached youth sports, um, and I have come into contact and communication with so many uh, crazy parents um, that I've had to coach alongside or listen to them screaming in the stands, and he just sort of embodies how insane the parent can get coaching his kid's team or or uh, you know seeing them lose or seeing them not get enough play time. They literally go nuts to the point of wanting to fight other volunteer coaches. And it's it seems ridiculous, but it's honestly not that far off. No. I don't know how many different youth sports I've seen where I've seen parents act just like that. So it's supposed to be like this spoof, but it's like it's a slice of reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that his brother is as old as his kid and his <laughs> and his uh, his brother calls him his like little bro or something. He's so demeaning to to Will Ferrell as, as an adult. Um, oh man, just I don't know him so, and him and Duval, especially early in the movie when his dad takes the Pele ball from him because that's that's oh, yep. the point of the movie. Mm -hmm. They get to the championship game and whoever wins gets the Pele ball that yep. they caught in the stands that his dad took from him. Yeah, he's, he ripped it out of his arms, mm -hmm. and he's been using that that competitive motivation Duval has uh, to try to make him into more of a man. He was always disappointed in him, so that's like the journey to that to that historic figure that that uh, memorabilia in history. And what does Will do uh, to combat his super, you know, manly, competitive dad? Probably get one of the most competitive, manly men to top him. In oh Ditka. yeah, he he enlists uh, he enlists Mike <laughs> Ditka 
Um, which, oh man, he produced one of my favorite quotes also. I know there's a million and every time we open our mouth, I'm going to think of another one, but they, they have practice and he's sitting there dressed exactly like Mike Ditka and Mike's like, are you serious? And he's like, what? Basically. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, you're crazy. You know that you're getting crazy. Mike Ditka tells him and he's like, I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. <laughs> yeah. How do we leave that I need one a, I need a juke. I need a juice box. And some guy goes to get it for him, and he's like, let's go. Let's go, Juice Box Boy. And he just starts screaming at one of the parents. Because mm-hmm. And doesn't at one point earlier in the movie, he tries to dress like Mike, and Mike's like, go change. And he's like, okay. Like, that's when he was out. like, that's when he's like in the sweater. Yeah. But then later, I think he shows up uh, in like a sweatsuit or something. Just similar. like him. Yeah. So funny. All right, that's a great one. My number four, number three. All right, this is super hard, because now we're getting to my some of my favorite movies of all time. Again, you could probably flip. A lot of these around in any order but number four for me step brothers step brothers might be too low for some of you but uh step brothers 55 percent on rotten tomatoes apparently you know how the hell is that movie 55 percent? why do not more people or at least more critics like it the iconic relationship between him and john c Riley as two you know ridiculously old guys that live with their parents still They're 40 like year old 40 children year living at home yep. yeah Famously written by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Again, most of these movies here at the top, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell wrote together. Iconic lines. I don't even think we said many of those. You know, that line when they first meet each other, when he's like, I'm Brennan. And he's like, but, or you can call me a dragon or whatever. Like when they meet each other, just like they're... Oh, he's, he's yeah, he says, I'm, yeah, I'm Brennan. You can call me dragon. I think he says like, I'm Dale. You have to call me Nighthawk, man. Nighthawk, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, did we just... Oh, we didn't even say this line. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Every, mm-hmm. every line what's your favorite non-pornographic magazine house cave big like there's so many good lines in that movie uh, again the will ferrell mckay connection one of my first introductions to adam scott who plays his older brother and they have the famous like scene in that movie where they're singing a uh, sweet child of mine in the car oh my goodness uh, that's one of the best scenes mm-hmm. in any comedy right there and uh yeah it, you know the the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Every, everyone talked oh, yeah. about the Catalina wine mixer because of that. And then he's and then the ending is so ridiculous. He's singing um, that song uh, by Andrea Bocelli yes. at the end of the movie, and he boats and hoes, and he's playing the drums. Oh, Prestige Worldwide. Yep, Prestige Worldwide. Again, just one of the funniest movies you'll ever watch. And uh, I really, everyone, everyone wanted to build bunk beds and uh, create more mm-hmm. uh, space in their room. I just love that movie. It's so funny. Number three for me, the second John C. Riley connection with him, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Again, another sports movie. It's actually his highest rated sports movie, right? It's about NASCAR. Really? 71% of critics really love that movie. Again, the John C. Riley connection between uh, both of them. Another film that's created by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. And we just went through, you know, a little bit ago, the endless amount of quotes and ridiculous relationship between him and uh cal norton him and his wife him and his dad who's an alcoholic Mm -hmm. um and michael is it michael clark duncan who plays uh you know his crew chief yes don't you put that evil on me ricky bobby don't you have beautiful sons with able and strong legs Mm -hmm. (laughs) he stabs himself in the leg with a knife he has to drive a car with a cougar again that movie is so funny so many great lines um and yeah, that's why it's got to be one of the most rewatched movies for me, Talladega Nights. So that is our four and three. We are getting now to the top two. 
you know, make making that making my list before we move on just a little mm-hmm. bit further. I've moved Step Brothers up and down all around between one and six. Yeah. Every day I feel like I've switched it. And there's just so many Will Ferrell movies that I'm obsessed with. Look at my list now. I accidentally left it off. And I'm obsessed with that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we were saying. It's impossible to try to create this top ten list because he has so many amazing movies. If I had to have like a two and a half, it'd be Step Brothers. Perfect. <laughs> um, before now we do our favorite Will Ferrell movies, our top two, we're going to give you guys some of our favorite lead characters. This is a super hard category because he has so many. And then we'll, we'll talk about some of our favorite you know, SNL sketch characters. Um, before we do favorite characters, let's do SNL characters, some sketch characters. Again, Will okay. Ferrell famously made his career in uh, SNL before really hitting the big screen, playing different characters like Harry Carey and Robert Goulet and Alex Trebek, James Lipton, uh, George W. Bush, where he was famously uh, got a Tony nomination for depicting him. Uh, his One of his most iconic scenes, Gene... From the Oyster Club, uh, or Oyster Cult Cowbell Player. Oh, of course. Oh my god, That's like iconic. That. Uh, Roger, Roger Clavin, the famous Lovers sequence with Jimmy Fallon and oh, Drew Barrymore. The, the, the Clarvins. Yeah, are... the Clarvins, that's what it is. Yes. And they're the lovers in the hot mm-hmm. tub, right? Oh my god. He has another famous character. It's him and Rachel Dratch, who yeah. is also hilarious. They have so many good scenes in SNL together. Um, another one of my favorites, it's Jacob Silge, which is the famous guy who has voice voice modulation syndrome so he can't modulate the volume of his voice and he talks <laughs> like this in every one of his interviews and he has a famous disease for it that's right yep. i completely so, forgot about those interviews so funny um and then even one i'll include one um again these are all just different candidates uh from his funnier die sketches uh where he plays Pearl's tenant in The Landlord yes. with the, Adam McKay's daughter. And he's just, you know, getting bossed around by a child for rent. It's McKay's daughter? Yeah. Or I, I it, thought it was Will Ferrell's daughter. It, it's one of their two's daughter. Okay. And maybe it is Ferrell's daughter. I think it is because mm-hmm. then she's also, an, she's also an anchorman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that scene is just oh, so funny. And he's just getting bossed around by this little girl and getting the crap beat out of him. So out of, out of all those awesome SNL characters, I mean, I feel like we just watched a couple best of Will Ferrell. I mean, I could watch him right now and just be crying. Mm-hmm. I, co- I totally forgot about Robert Goulet. Robert and, Goulet. <laughs> he always does the, he's speaking while he's sitting at the side of his convertible. Mm-hmm. And there's the giant like moose sculpture. Yeah. The giant deer that just comes into frame <laughs> yeah. and he's talking to the deer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my two favorite SNL skits. Uh, I feel like I always cry when I watch them. Uh, when he's Harry Carey, mm-hmm. especially his interview with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, it's yeah. like this to infinity or infinite space or whatever the interview is called. Mm-hmm. And he just starts off with, uh, what's your favorite planet? Mine's the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Cubs win. Uh, and at the at the end, I remember at the end of the episode, he says, "And next week, uh, we're gonna have um, Albert Einstein." He's like, Goldblum's like, he's been dead for a long time. We're gonna try to get him anyways. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna try to get him anyway. And he just has like the head shake and yes. he looks insane. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, and then uh, probably my favorite SNL character of all time is when he plays Alex Trebek. Yeah. Those, it just does not get better for me than him playing Trebek. Him playing Trebek and then the rivalry with Sean Connery yes. on those. <laughs> the episode with him and, and Burt Reynolds. 
Oh, man. That's I not what your mother said last night, Trebek. <laughs> Let's see what you actually bet. You put the letter K. This is technically a number. I can't believe it, but this counts. Let's see what your answer was. And it turns into, suck it, Trebek. Yep. <laughs> and he's just like, ha, ha, ha. Like, I got you. I got you again. <laughs> and he's just always so annoyed. I love Sean. the depiction of Trebek because probably, you know, Alex Trebek has had so many crazy contestants on that show over the years in Jeopardy. And so to see, like, Farrell play it as, like, because Trebek's always, you know, uh, I mean, he has some personality on there, but he's always, up, um, you know, happy and everything. And to mm-hmm. see Trebek to just be annoyed. At the contestants. How great would they? How great would it be for them to to bring it back one more time, with Ken Jennings oh, on SNL? Yeah. Just that one skit would be so great. So funny. Um, those ones are awesome. I didn't. Oh my God, he has so many good. Especially didn't, you didn't even list Trebek. No, I had Trebek on here. Oh, you I did. did. Okay, I, he I guess I missed there. it. Um, George W. Bush the whole time during you know the Bush administration and just the stuff that he would do, As making w. fun of W. Again, Robert Goulet, I don't know how many times me and my buddy Mike, Robert Goulet, we would just quote him, I love it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> Can she croon? Um, <laughs> is this is this Barno? Yeah, Barno. From, from Barno's Blitz, he also lo- on the Barker? Yep, he loves Robert Goulet. I think, though, the most iconic, if I had to pick one, uh, would have to be Gene from Oyster Cult, the cowbell player, because it probably is his most watched, most iconic, I would say, just single scene yeah because you know christopher walken chris Catan, and you have uh jimmy fallon famously just losing his shit on in the scene yeah. and will ferrell wearing the tiniest shirt ever playing the cowbell just pissing all everyone off in the band and uh oh i i don't know how many times i've seen it. apparently uh famously walken hates that scene because he says now more people talk to him about that scene than his actual acting really career. <laughs> i mean every time he meets will he brings it up he's like you ruined my career that's so funny <laughs> so i love just gene playing oh that, the dude, that's motivated any one of us who watch will ferrell if you ever were holding a bell to immediately start playing it yeah oh I, I want to watch that scene right now. We're watching that after this too. Um, okay, so those are some of our favorite sketch characters. Um, did you you went with Trebek? Trebek is my favorite. Trebek, yeah. Um, now let's do our favorite lead characters in a movie. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? Let's save lead characters for the end because that's a big category. He has sure. so many great ones. Let's do two and one of our favorite films. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, two for me is Talladega Nights. Ooh. Right. Easily one of the most quotable of all of them. It's a sports movie. Even though it's a sport that I don't watch very often, I'm not a big NASCAR fan, mm-hmm. it kind of makes me like the sport a little bit more. Uh, him and his rivalry with the French um, Indy 500 racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name in the movie? Uh, Jacques uh, or Jean... Uh, oh, what the hell is his name? Um, oh, it's, now it's going to Whatever. It's I'll not, look it's, it up here in a second. It's not important. Anyway, mm-hmm. just his rivalry with him is the big, hairy American winning machine versus versus the the homosexual french um indy 500 racer and he's trying to bring culture to nascar and um oh man just their their back and forth is so funny jean gerard jean gerard, jean gerard yes that's played, right played by sasha baron cohen yes who's awesome at playing like any literally any <laughs> range of ridiculousness when he has him in the arm lock and he wants him to say that crepes are good but he won't do it and he's like are those little skinny pancakes Oh, those are really good. Those are really good. 
Yeah. Just I, say it. Just say it. No, he'll know what I mean. Yep. No, just break it. Kimosabi, like <laughs> you're going down, cowboy. Oh man, that one. That one's great for me. Great. That's okay. one of my favorites. I'll do number two then before okay. you do number one. My number two again, probably too high for some people, but this movie, oh, it, the second half of Will Ferrell's career, I think to me has been the most impactful of his films. And you already mentioned it. The other guys, I was obsessed when this movie came out when I was in college. I thought it was absolute genius that a lot of people didn't fully understand the genius behind it because I thought Adam McKay's directing and the subtle underlying message Mm -hmm. of that movie, especially at the time post, you know, the collapse of the economy and Wall Street and the fact that the movie centers around two cops finding out that, you know, a firm is going to steal the police pension and everything and again the great back and forth between mark Wahlberg and will ferrell uh michael keaton to me if one of my favorite characters that he played as the you know the the police chief who has a son who's going through all this chaos and has to have a second job at bed bath and beyond and is constantly you know doing as we said quoting tlc don't go chasing waterfalls you gotta creep you gotta creep Mm -hmm. He's just so funny in that the tuna and the lion story, the or the scene the scene when they're at the wake, and they're they're whisper fighting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When they're fighting, you want to go on? Yeah, let's go and let's go on. And they're arguing, and then uh, Michael Keaton has to separate them. And then, hey, two cops are dead. And are you guys fighting over who's going to be the next big shot? In the is that what's going on here? Is that what's going on? And then he's like, that's exactly that's what's a, going on. That's exactly what's happening right now. <laughs> I love this movie. Again, I love that the end credits, which some people probably don't even watch, the end credits of that movie are so awesome and powerful because they show you um, you know, how a Ponzi scheme works, how much more money CEOs make than their mm-hmm. employees. And it was really kind of, I think, Adam McKay's first like big F you to like Wall Street and just the government because Adam McKay ends up making uh, the Big Short, which is a movie all about yeah. the financial crisis. He ends up making the movie Vice, which is, you know, making fun of George Bush right. and Dick Cheney. Um, so I think this was one of his first ones where he really could, like, you know, have a comedy, but mm-hmm. have it really poke and, and mean more than just being a funny movie. And I do also think it's totally underrated. As yeah. far as all Will Ferrell uh, movies go, it's as quotable or more so than most of them. And, and again, Wahlberg, to me, he's such a good actor, but... A lot of his comedies, you know, people love Ted and Daddy's Home and some of the other ones that he's done. To me, that they're not my cup of tea. Me either. But this movie, I think he's just hilarious in it. I think maybe it's just the fact, just that that back and forth and having Will and him. Well, I think his Will can be just as explosively ridiculous as as uh, Mark tends to be. Like he's just so loud. Mm-hmm. That's a part of his comedies. He's extremely loud and in your face. And Will can totally be like that, but it can also be the exact opposite, which is what he does as Alan Gamble. Yeah. Yeah, he balances them out perfectly. So that is my number two on the list. Um, I love that movie. I'm always down to watch it when people want to watch it, and I think everyone should go watch the other guys. All right, we are now at the Mecca, number one. I need to warm up before I talk about this. Just one second. Unique New York. Unique Unique New York. The Banshee was denied a bank loan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, my favorite Will Ferrell movie of all time is Anchorman. And if you know me, you probably knew that answer before, <laughs> as soon as this episode started. Before you go and talk about it, can I just say, 
it's my favorite Will Ferrell movie too. It's I know it is. One. So let's just talk about Anchorman right <laughs> let's now. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> oh, Anchorman is is like the most iconic Will Ferrell movie. I don't even think it was as popular the year it came out. Yeah, um, it, um, it, it came gained out, a following. It came out in two thousand and four, um, and you know it, it did kind of well. I mean, eighty two million dollars at the box office, sixty six percent. So I mean, it was semi well run, but again, I don't think it had as big. Until a couple years later, people started realizing the like you know the mythology of this character. Well, I feel like right after that movie, almost all the supporting actors in that movie blew up as well. Yeah, I mean Paul, Steve, Steve Carell, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd. Um, yeah, Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. There so many big actors in that movie. Um, shoot, even uh, uh what's uh Luke Wilson. Yeah, playing the uh, and then Vince Vaughn. Uh, yeah, the Vince two, Vaughn the too. Rival uh, news teams. The epic fight scene between the news oh. teams that is so iconic. No touching of the hair or face. Of course. Of course. Of course. The <laughs> and le- that's it. The legendary... Because I think another thing that makes this movie so great is because there's so many good, like, you know, newsroom-style movies throughout our history. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, like, Network or the newsroom and stuff like that. And to put a spoof on, you know, like, an airhead anchor who is beloved by his city mm-hmm. and everything... Um, I think, you know, it's the, when people think of Will Ferrell, the, the mythological, you know, correlation to him is Ron Burgundy. He has created this just epic He is character. Ron Burgundy. And for a while, he, he wasn't just Ron Burgundy, the actor. He was, he basically was Ron Burgundy after because he was doing interviews as Ron Burgundy. Mm-hmm. He would go and host shows as Ron Burgundy. If you... He has a podcast now, I think, on some network where he does podcasts. As Ron Burgundy. Uh, that, that tells you how iconic mm-hmm. it was. And this came out t- almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the extras, the interview with Rebecca Romaine Stamos in the original DVD that comes out. And it's held over the course of like a meal, then a hot tub, then they're in bed together. Mm-hmm. Um, this That whole spiel was so great. Uh, or when he gets interviewed um, as like from newscaster to newscaster. And they say, you know, he's like, just don't pull any punches on me, okay? And they're like, oh, no problem. So what is it like, you know, being a famous news anchor? And he immediately responds, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I knew you were going to cut to me like that. Like, you know, just. <laughs> or the famous bloopers. I think it was like not included, but it was a uh, deleted scene or whatnot in the DVD where he auditions for ESPN. Yes. Right? And he's like, Espen, but a 24-hour sports? This will never work. This is going to be a social and economic disaster. <laughs> He's making up lines. The fighting Doberman pincher genitalia will be doing something that no one has ever done before in the history of sports. sports. A double header. Which... Or no, two games in one day. <laughs> and he's just like making shit up as he goes because that's yeah. kind of what Ron Burgundy does anyways on the news. And they're like, no, you need to actually say the actual correct box, box scores. Um, and famously, again, this character, how many people drink scotch and famously just quote Anchorman yeah, and Ron Burgundy. Yeah, if you've watched that movie and you've had a glass of scotch, you have said, scotch, 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 scotchy, scotch, scotch, scotch. down into my belly. Like, <laughs> we have all done that at least once. Yep. And he's a big he's a big sports fan. He's, you know, he's famously in San Diego where I live right now. So um, they actually have the the big head race between Ron Burgundy, Champ Kynes, Brian Fantana, and Brick Tamlin at Petco Park. Nice. That's like the mid-game race. Like and, kind of how the Nationals do the Presidents? Yes, exactly yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, Brick takes an early lead, but he's Brick. And he gets distracted, he gets lost, he trips, <laughs> and gets stuck on his back. 
And oh man, they just they love it out in San Diego. He yeah, he arguably probably if you were to take the like most you know, famous San Diegans, he would probably on be on the list. We'll give it and Saint Saint Diogans. Saint Diogans. <laughs> and he's not even a real guy, but you know, he's just so good. And another reason why this movie I think is so low key, it is Adam McKay's directorial debut, who is now an Oscar nominated director, and his relationship with Will and co writing the screenplay, and it's the first movie he directs. And it's just a home run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those comedies for me, at least, that gets better every year. And it's probably the movie that I've seen more than any movie in my life. I don't know how many times we had to watch it during high school. It was at least like once a week the movie was on. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. on or around a billion, yeah. something like that. So that is our number one movie, Anchorman. Again, if you haven't seen it, watch it. There's a sequel to it. The sequel's okay. Um, not nearly as good as the original. Not as good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just filled with a lot of the same, just, just I don't know, ins- insanity, I guess you could say. You know, they bring the fight scene back, but mm-hmm. plus some, it's on steroids this time. Yep. Um, but uh, not quite the same. Not as good. Yeah. But Anchorman, amazing. Check it out if you haven't. All right. We're now to the final one, the final category, favorite lead character of a Will Ferrell movie. This one's huge. Um, there's so many good characters. Uh, I'm going to list off a couple of them, and we're probably already going to be saying the same one uh, for our answer, but I, I just want to give people shout-outs. Steve Butabi, Night at the Roxbury, iconic, you know, head bob. Frank the Tank, Ricard, old school, right? We're going streaking. Buddy the Elf, right? Iconic, Buddy the Elf. Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, the news. Phil Weston, Kicking and Screaming. Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights, NASCAR Driver. So a movie that I haven't mentioned and is one of his more uh, critically acclaimed films, Harold Crick, Stranger Than Fiction, mm, yes. where he received his second Golden Globe nomination. Um, honestly, that is probably should have been on my list, but I think his comedies just overpower, you know, that movie of him trying to be a real. Yeah, if I'm gonna make a Will Ferrell job. list, if I'm making a list about Will Ferrell, it's for me, it's not about range; it's about his wheelhouse. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Chaz Michael Michaels from Blades of Glory. <laughs> which we didn't even list and it's hilarious <laughs> hilarious movie about figure skating jackie moon semi-pro brennan huff Step Brothers. this is such an iconic role and such a, like a very like simple role because he's not really playing some just like over the top or like caricature of somebody it's literally just a guy and yet still yeah. so awesome uh some other ones uh detective alan gamble from the other guys which you mentioned uh cam brady from the campaign brad whitaker from daddy's home he plays if you haven't seen daddy's home he's actually plays a really funny character of kind of like this little daddy's boy that he's just obsessed about his dad and it's the second time that uh him and mark Wahlberg go together he's has a really funny character um those are candidates we want to give shout outs to who's your favorite lead character i mean we both know who his best character ever is yeah just go ahead and say it he's the lead anchor of the channel 4 news team ron mm-hmm. burgundy yeah, Ron Burgundy has to be the answer, I think, on this. Um, probably some people, you know, would say probably Buddy the Elf, because if they're not into, like, if they love Christmas movies, they might put Buddy the Elf. But I think if you're just going to talk about his comedies, I think Ron Burgundy just outweighs any of the other iconic characters yeah, that he has. Yeah, I mean, for my, lead, for my lead characters, there's three, I think, that are his best roles in, in comedies. Uh, Buddy the Elf is one of those three. Mm-hmm. He He's like... Second half of the year, he is Christmas. Yeah. To so many people. He's the best Christmas... Uh, he's the star of the best Christmas movie of the year. Uh, Ricky Bobby. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. 
I mean, he's he's incredible. He's so quotable. He is the big hairy American winning machine that does nothing but piss excellence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Ron Burgundy is the pinnacle of Will Ferrell comedy. Yeah, I have to agree. People will say could probably put Brendan Huff up there if you're going to do the Mount Rushmore because he's a great one from Step Brothers. But uh, I think it's Ron Burgundy. Is I mean, Brendan Huff is hilarious, but he doesn't carry it. No. Because John C. Riley is equally as hilarious in that movie. Yeah. And just the relationship with Mr. Doback <laughs> and Adam Scott, who now is so weird to think of as a villain after I have come to love Parks and Recreation. Yeah. Uh, seeing him as Ben Wyatt. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Ron Burgundy. That is the answer for mm-hmm. both of us. Uh, awesome. Okay, before we wrap up, let's. Oh, I hate ending on a bad note, but what's, what's your least favorite Will Ferrell movie? That's all right. I have one more thing to ask. Oh, after. Uh, after oh, that, after to end it one. on a good note. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dip down and then we'll come back up. My least favorite one, um, in in hindsight, maybe it wasn't when I was younger, but the more I watch Will Ferrell movies, I I don't really like Night of the Roxbury anymore. It's just it's too, doesn't age well. It's too cheesy. Like when I first saw Night of the Roxbury, when I was like I don't know nine or ten years old, uh, as a skit, and then in the movies, I'm like, oh, I wanted to see it because it's in a skit of a show that my parents let me stay up late and watch like how cool mm-hmm. and i watch it with my big brother and his friends and i really liked it at that time and there's some quotable parts um but i just it didn't age well with me no i i i have it on my list but i, I can totally see how it's a movie that has not you know aged well in the ethos of like the world we live in nowadays and it's just so cheesy yeah and the writing all, in it is so bad and although i love chris Kattan, that movie made me realize that i love chris Kattan on snl yeah not as a lead in a in a major film. It's why SNL is so good because they just take sketches and they don't turn their things into yes. actual films. Mine is probably two of his more recent ones, and I just literally like I don't think I'll ever watch them again. One was uh, Holmes and Watson, the one that just came out where oh, he okay. played Sherlock Holmes with John C. Riley. They tried mm-hmm. to do another one. It's awful. It's so bad. Um, and the next one, to me, I don't know why he made this movie, but. Casa de mi Padre. I was going to put that one as well. It is so bad. And the whole movie's in Spanish. And Will, it's just I, just, I just watch it and cannot take him serious in that movie. Because it is a ridiculous, like, over-the-top film mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I understand what Will was trying to do with that movie and everything. But I just, it's not one of my favorites. No, I watched it at the theater. And I left it at the theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so those are some of our least favorites, but we have so many more that we love. Oh, uh, before we end this thing, what were you? Gonna oh, so end this on? um, a la Anchorman and all the super machismo or crazy characters that Will Ferrell has had, I want to know, Chris, who do you think would win in a battle royale between some of his more famous characters? Uh, most specifically, uh, Scott Johansson, who although he j- was just a suburban dad, he becomes. This ringleader of a of the illegal gambling organization, breaking legs and cutting fingers off, Chaz Reinholdt. Oh God! Who who could nunchuck you? You don't even know. Mm-hmm. You don't even know. Um, and he has skates on. <laughs> and he has skates on. Uh, Alan Gamble, who was Gator, he was literally a pimp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie Moon, professional athlete, quote unquote, in that movie. Uh, Phil Brennan. I mean, he was slugging his brother with a golf club in the head and yeah. trying to bury him alive. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't say he'll do anything to win a fight, I don't know what does. Uh, Mugatu, he's like the, he's more like the evilest villain um, of them, if you could make Will Ferrell yeah. really evil. Uh, Ricky Bobby, oh, man. who's just 
tough as nails after he goes through his psychosis issues. Yeah. And Ron Burgundy. Who famously fights with like a bedpost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, a la Gangs of New York. Uh, so this who is would like, win in the Battle Royale between that group? This is like a King of the Ring and everyone's like coming in and you're getting thrown out of the ring. Just no match. touching of the hair or face. Of course. Everything else. Of course. Of goes. course. Um, man. That is so tough because I think everyone carries like a, a, a little bit of an advantage. I think Chaz Michaels, you know, he has a, a he can use like his skates as weapons. He could probably kill you in there. Uh, we know how Ron Burgundy gets down with Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary, <laughs> yes. so he's definitely not afraid to throw down <laughs> in there. Um, I I don't think Brennan Huff stands a chance. As crazy as he is, he's probably getting thrown out real quick. Um, I I would probably say. It would come down to either Ron Burgundy or Chaz Michael Michaels, but I would say the wild card is um, Alan Gamble because he's crazy enough. As uh, if it would depend on what personality are we going to get Gata or are we going to get? It's just uh, it's the character. Yeah, everything about that character. Well, that's what I'm saying is it would depend on what at the fight. If he's going to be just get Alan Gamble, he's going to get smoked in that ring. But if he transforms into Gata, he's going to kick some ass. So I think it's going to come down to those three, and I'm going to give the win to uh, Ron Burgundy because I think uh, if uh, he knew maybe Baxter was on the line, there'd be no stopping him. Oh, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> yours? What is yours in that hypothetical uh, It situation? did come down to – it actually came down to the same uh, – or no, one one different one of, this, of the final three, uh, Burgundy, Gamble, and Johansson. Oh, nice. After Johansson is running that ring, he's wearing nothing but like Italian suits and sunglasses, and and he's what was uh, hanging out with his friends. Now he's hunting them down to collect cash off them, and and he has people like this guy. He has him in a vice grip. His arm cuts a finger off, you oh know, just because he says he's gonna blow the cover off of it. He just snaps. Burgundy's tough, uh, but I think it comes down to the two who who basically create a split personality. Of intensity between Johansson and, and Gamble, and uh, I got to take Johansson. Johansson. Yeah. Damn it, I was rooting for Gamble. <laughs> um, that's a sweet situation. I'd love to see some video game create, uh, um, you know, Will Ferrell character oh, yeah. characters and have them battle. Oh, we have on PlayStation too. We can create those characters on <laughs> Throw there. Back. Throw a battle royale on there. Um, awesome. So. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We're going to wrap up our episode here. I'd like to give a big shout-out and thank you to my co-host today, Shane. It's first time on here. How was uh, how was it, my friend? Did you have a good time? Oh, I always have a good time, you know, talking about good old Will Ferrell. And uh, um, I don't know, so many, and so many of his his, uh, his his cast members that he's worked with as well, I would love to do an episode of, like about them, John C. Riley and Steve Carell and Paul Rudd. It's all gold, but Will Ferrell is... is was is and will be the pinnacle of comedy for me in the funniest movies that, that i regard uh so it's just been cool shooting the shit and brown bagging it um brown bagging since, it. you know we do it every month uh <laughs> why not do it on the pod as well it's the pancake breakfast <laughs> we do it every month well it was a blast man thanks so much for uh pitching him to me and i'm, I'm always love just you know talking will and all his crazy characters and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode you'll have to tune in for more awesome stuff we have on the barker including shane's show dad hats some great articles that he writes with uh our friend brandon check out all the other awesome content we have on there and we hope you guys have a great rest of your week stay safe out there everybody peace out